Welcome to Something for the Turbo, the new weekly podcast brought to you by Unfound, the global platform for the travel-loving cyclist. Welcome to another episode of Something for the Turbo. We've been on holiday, we've been away for a couple of weeks, we hope you didn't miss us too much, but thank you very much for tuning back in. We've got some fantastic guests coming up for you over the next few weeks. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do subscribe, give us a rating, leave a review, tell all your cycling friends and spread the word. We really, really, really appreciate all the help we can get with that. While I was on my holidays, I listened to a couple of very interesting podcasts, the Joe Rogan podcast and the Next Big Idea podcast with the author James Nestor talk about his new book, Breathe. I'll put both those podcasts in the show notes, but essentially James has written an incredible book around, well, breathing, breath work and some of the latest science that's coming out about how we have not been breathing optimally over the last number of years. He does an experiment where he closes up his nasal tracts so he can only mouth breathe and some of the results of that experiment are quite staggering. Anyway, during the podcast with Joe Rogan, uh, James mentioned the ice viking Chuck McGee as being someone that he thought was amazing and did his classes with. I dropped Chuck a note shortly after listening to it and asked him if he wanted to join the Something for the Turbo podcast to basically give us all an overview of what breathwork is and why it might be interesting to cyclists. In recent years, I'd read reports and read a little bit more about breathwork, was becoming increasingly interested in it. I heard it was creeping into cycling. I'd heard it had crept into rugby and other elite sports, athletics, of course. And I'd even heard that it was might be one of the reasons to explain Chris Froome's descending position in the tour a few years back. Anyway, Czech was able to join us to give us a great insight into what breathwork is, what different types of breathwork there are. We even do a couple of breathing exercises on the podcast for you to try. Some of the advantages, some of the potential performance gains, ice baths, holotropic breathing, climbing mountains in nothing but a pair of shorts, and lots more. I think it's well worth having a look into. There's some really interesting science around breath work at the moment. And I just think as a cyclist, it's interesting from a performance perspective, from a recovery perspective, and also from a lifestyle perspective. So well worth having a listen. We hope you enjoy it. Let us know if you have any questions. Always feel free to drop us an email here at Unfound. But without further ado, I will stop rambling and let me bring you Chuck. Chuck, thank you very much for joining us today. How are you getting on over there? Absolutely fantastic, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a crazy few months for you, I can imagine, like for all of us. A little bit. I mean, a positive mindset can really offset a lot of the craziness that's going on. Yeah, yeah, got to keep positive. Look, I know that this is this is obviously a cycling podcast, but you and I had a ch- little chat offline. And over the last few years, I think I've done more and more reading. I first came across Wim Hof a few years ago. I kind of laughed it off as something that I didn't really sort of buy into. I've read more articles on it more recently and become more curious about it. And yeah, I, th- I think I saw, um, I listened to James Nestor on a couple of podcasts and I've just bought his book, uh, Breathe as well. I was very keen to, to get you, yourself on having, well, James speaking so highly of you on, on the podcast with Joe Rogan. But for those people listening that may have not have come across sort of breath work and ice baths and this this whole movement, it's, it's gaining increased sort of momentum from both from an academic perspective, athletic perspective and a lifestyle perspective as well. Can you give everyone a little bit of an overview of what is breath work? how it works, who benefits from it, just just the whole picture. Well, there's multiple types and schools of breath work. There's what the freedivers use. There's the Wim Hof method. There's pranayama. There's there's so much out there. And 
not any one is better than the other. I would say find one that works for you. And breathwork is basically just consciously focusing on your breathing for a certain amount of time. And then you've got like the Buteco method, which is consciously focusing on your breathing all day. And it's basically just focusing on your breath that i mean the name describes exactly what it is breath yeah. work and, and it is a process of work right and, and part of this is because we've become uh, lazy or the, the quality of our breath i mean we don't breathe very well these days do we that's the general premise right we could breathe better we uh we really don't breathe as well as we should a lot of people without realizing it breathe through their mouth which is just not as effective and I, i'm not going to say we breathe wrong we just breathe ineffectively and suboptimally. So why would we yeah. want to do that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a process of improving it. And then obviously with improvement become comes sort of major health and potentially from an athletic perspective, athletic performance benefits off the back of it. Tell us a little bit about your story and, and how you came about breathwork and the impacts it's made to your life. Well, if you were to ask me five years ago what I thought about breathwork, it would be crunchy hippie granola stuff. Like it, it, it can't help. It's ridiculous. What the hell are you talking about? My background is in theater and bartending. I was a bartender for 16 years, worked in the theater world for 25. And one Monday night, one of my customers came in all drugged out of his mind and would not stop babbling about this thing called the Wim Hof method. And I was like, right. that's all well and good, but go home. And he, he only would go home if I promised to look up the Wim Hof method. So I did. I did. I watched the Vice documentary when I got home uh, be- with Wim in it. And in it, he guides this guy through a couple rounds of his breathing. So I-, I just did it. I followed along in the video and I felt amazing. And I was like, how is it this simple to feel this good? Yeah. That morning, because I was able to go to sleep without taking a shot or or smoking a joint. And I just was right. I, I slept so well. I bought Wim's 10 week course, absolutely fell in love with how it made me feel. Uh, I'm a type one diabetic and I was, I was pretty unhealthy at the time. I mean, I was handling my diabetes, but I, I hurt all the time. I was stressed and angry all the time. And I started doing this breathing, these breathing exercises from the Wim Hof method. I started taking cold showers and my blood pressure dropped and I stopped having to take blood pressure medication. Uh, I stopped having to take as much insulin. I mean, it didn't cure my diabetes. No amount of breath work and ice baths will do that. But um, I, I I stopped taking my I was on Valium to help regulate my mood and I didn't need to take that anymore. I was taking a thousand milligrams of ibuprofen a day to help combat the pain from being in, I've been in multiple car accidents and such. And I, I felt great. I felt better. And I was like, how I just, all I changed was 20 minutes a day of breath work and a two minute cold shower for, so for a 25 minute investment a day, I had this huge impact on my health and that just kind of started my road to becoming a Wim Hof method instructor. And now I am. There you go. There you go. And and do you think, I mean, do you ever wonder that if, if you tried something else, it, would, it could have had a, a similar effect or your the more you research and, and more practice and work you've done with breathing, you're, you're convinced that it's, you just stumbled across the right thing. I mean, did you ever try yoga or meditation or other things as well, or you, you feel this combines it all what are you using that well i'm i i'm six foot two and 260 pounds and yoga just never was quite for me yeah uh, um, i yeah. didn't i didn't like yoga i like tai chi i i like i like that slow conscious focus movement but for me 
I stumbled on the right thing for my body and it, it might not be the right thing for someone else. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be the right thing for everybody, but yeah, yeah. find the right thing for you is what I would tell someone. Well, that doesn't work. Well, try this, try the next thing. Just because yoga didn't work for me, didn't mean I stopped trying to find things that made me healthy. Yeah, of course, of course. And and, um, the yoga movements that Wim was teaching in his 10 week course, I was able to do those. I I can do headstands now. I can do um, the shelf as Wim calls it. I don't know the correct yoga term for it. I I can do all these crazy movements that someone my size should have a hard time doing. And it's just amazing with that mindset that Wim talks about going for, having that positive mindset, how much you can accomplish. Yeah. And for the people out there who don't, you know, think that this is, this is worthwhile. I'm, I'm a type one diabetic and I can hike up snowy mountains in a pair of shorts and some boots with, with nothing else on. And, and do well in the snow and just do fine and, and make it to the top with a smile on my face. And if I can accomplish that, someone who, who I, I'm not an athlete, I'm, I'm in the theater world. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're, we're healthy. I'm in the bar world. That's the opposite of athlete. Yeah. But so how does that happen? How does that work? Talk us, give us a, 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 a quick sort of overlude. As the, talk me through the ice bath bit and, and the sort of climbing mountains. And do, do you learn to regulate your heart rate? Or Absolutely. How does it work? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So for for the ice, it's not about enduring. It's about surrendering. Yeah. And that's, that's a big thing that a lot of men are going to have trouble with because uh, men aren't traditionally taught to surrender. They're taught to endure, persevere and push through. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie for the first six months to a year in an ice bath. That's what I was doing. I was sitting there and just all my muscles were tensed and I I was getting some health benefits out of it because it's the ice, but I wasn't getting the mental benefits out of it. So you were fighting and you've got to give in, right? I was fighting it. And my wife was like, Hey, can I take an ice bath? And my ego was like, Oh, she's going to have such a hard time with it. But yeah, go ahead, sweetie. And she sat down and just melted into the ice bath and it looked like the most comfortable thing ever. And I was like, so how, how'd you do that? Yeah. And she's like, you just have to surrender to the moment, just like giving birth. I'm like, oh, I don't okay. get that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And my wife taught me how to surrender. So so when you sit in the ice, it's it's really important to have a certain breathing pattern of in four, out six, just through the nose. And by breathing in that way, you may be in a stressful environment, which is the ice, but you're breathing in a calm manner. So every time you're taking an ice bath, you're teaching your body to react to stress with a calm breath. This is calm in a different environment. That's interesting. So it, it's it's amazingly powerful to do that. Instead of reacting to stress and getting tight and enduring it and fighting it with force, which never helps any situation. Yeah. I, I mean, from, from the bartender perspective, meeting someone who's angry with more anger and force never solved any situation. Aye. So by learning to breathe slow, to calm down. I, I'm, I've got more mental acuity. My body's more relaxed. And instead of holding on to the stress, it just passes right through me. And then I got out of the ice bath and I felt amazing. I mean, I felt good before, but this time I just got out and I was like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. My whole body was relaxed. And now when I get stressed out, I start automatically breathing in a calm manner. So I've, I've totally adjusted how my body 
reacts to stress. I was rear-ended two years ago. Yeah, guy, guy hit me. He was going pretty fast in a big truck, and I ended I ended up calming him down. I was like, "Well, it's already done. Just relax. It's okay. Freaking out's not going to help anything out. So just calm down. Slow your breathing down. It's okay." And this guy had hit me. I'm not yelling at him. I'm not screaming at him. There's no point. The cars are already broken. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's how you react to the situation, and that's and that's interesting because I've I've actually read a lot with regards to not cyclists and, and athletes who, who who've used it from a recovery perspective to improve recovery or 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 in in high stressful situations calm themselves down using a lot of these um, breathwork techniques, and it's becoming more and more common in elite sport as well. That's awesome. It should be becoming more common in elite sports. Um, what's what's amazing about these elite athletes and cyclists is how far they have gotten with an inefficient breath. They're at the top yeah. of their game yeah. and, and they're not breathing as efficiently or, or as optimally as they can. And I'm not saying if you switch to nasal breathing today, you're going to be able to perform at the level you're performing at now. That's simply just not true. The nose is a muscle. And if you're not using it as, as you should be, you've got to train it. Yeah. Yeah. But after um, six months uh, of really focusing and, and doing breath work and, and trying to become a more focused nasal breather, they found athletes are breathing 20% less than they were six months prior by breathing through their nose. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's about slowing the breathing down, right? And it's not about oxygen deficiency, is it? That's, that's a, a misconception, isn't it? Absolutely. It's about yeah. carbon dioxide tolerance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's let's start there. Let's start with nasal breathing because I think more in the last few years, the sort of scientific academic community. I mean, this is this is a given now. It's kind of accepted science, isn't it? Like we should be breathing as a species. We should all be breathing through our nose. I am the worst mouth breather, by the way. <laughs> Full disclosure. So um, this has been a, a, an interesting insight for me. How can people become more conscious of their breath work? Obviously, the breath work. I've started taping my my mouth. That's something you recommend? Absolutely. Absolutely. Night, yeah? Tape your mouth at night. And I'm not talking like with scotch tape or duct tape. <laughs> Use, there's, there's so many good things out there. You can do... Um, like micro pore paper tape, you can do surgical yeah. cloth tape. Yeah. Use something that's that's going to be nice. Be nice to yourself. Yeah. Don't don't use duct tape. <laughs> and this is what I want to ask you because I read an article a couple of years ago about the importance of of uh, uh, nasal breathing, and it was kind of I was still kind of skeptical, and I, and I tried it with sort of you know masking tape across the whole mouth, and it didn't you know it sketched out pretty quickly. But having heard James Nestor on. Um, one of the podcasts he just uses a tiny sort of stamp size piece of tape just across the middle of his mouth right yeah and since I've done that I, I've definitely felt my my sleep has improved but the, but the thing is I didn't think I could even breathe through my nose but when you do that you you can is is that what, what how is that happening I don't understand is that just, is it is it moving the jaw slightly or is it what how am I suddenly able to breathe through my nose when I didn't think I could because you're trying it, it takes time. It's, again, it's a muscle you're not quite used to using. And everyone's like, well, my nose is so clogged up. And it's like, okay, well, stop breathing through your mouth. When you breathe through your mouth, your nose just kind of, it, it's not as effective. It takes, it takes a few minutes. It, it'll take a couple minutes just to clear your nose out. And there's a great exercise you can do. You exhale all your air, you pinch your nose, and you just nod your head like you're saying yes. After about 10 or 15 seconds, you let go of your nose and take a deep breath in, 
and you've just cleared your nasal passageway. So you may have to do it two or three times, but it works. And then you start, you start breathing through your nose. And if you can breathe through your nose for one minute, you can breathe through your nose for the rest of your life. It, yeah. It's and by practicing it, by by taping your mouth before you have to go to bed and not being hard on yourself, like it's okay if you don't make it more than 15 minutes your first night. Yeah. It, it, try it the second night. Try wearing the tape on your mouth during the day just to get comfortable wearing it. I mean, yeah. don't obviously don't go to work with your mouth tape shut if you have to speak to people or do if, if that's the kind of image you want to send. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. do, do what's right I mean, for you. I got a, bit, a couple of strange looks from my wife when I first started trying it. She's like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You're not the only one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and with regards to, the, you know, it, I, as I said, I'm about three weeks into it now. If I carry on and I'm sleeping quite, as I said, very well with, with, the, with, the, with the tape, after a number of months, will I be able to then stop using the tape? Will my body have adapted to breathing through the nose or, or is it something I need to do forever now? It, it depends on... It just depends. Each person's going to be totally different. I, I can't give like a, everyone will be a perfect nose breather if they tape their mouth shut. It depends on how you sleep. It, it depends on, on so many things. Um, I still tape my mouth and I've been doing this for five years now. And I don't tape my mouth every night, but if I need a good night's rest and I want to guarantee it, I'm absolutely going to be taping my mouth. I'd say five or six nights a week I'm doing it. And yeah, as you said, it's it doesn't have to be the whole mouth. It could be the postage stamp thing. It could be two little strips on the side. It, it could be anything. Just find how it's comfortable for you, and, and it's okay. Be comfortable. Uh, Patrick McEwen, uh, who's one of the biggest proponents of Buteco and Oxygen Advantage. I mean, he literally wrote the book Oxygen Advantage. <laughs> so he invented uh, myotape, and myotape is like kinesio tape, and it fits around your mouth. So you don't have to cover your lips. It it holds your lips closed with pressure. And if you don't have facial hair, it works really, really well. If you have facial hair, it doesn't it doesn't Not so work. good. Not so good. But that's that's okay. I mean, um, myotape is something I recommend for children. And it's it's something Patrick McEwen recommends for children because a lot of these diagnoses for like ADHD, ADHD has the same symptoms as sleep deprivation. Wow. Okay. And so I'm not saying it's going to cure everything. It's, this is the answer to everything, but it helps. So yeah. you can't you can't have a rest as as restful of a sleep as you need breathing through your mouth, and that's especially <laughs> true in children. Yeah. So yeah. by using this tape, they're going to get a better night's sleep. They're going to get that restful night's sleep, and this is for adults too. So you'll have that deeper well of patience. You'll have more energy through the day, and those are only things that help you out. So why wouldn't yeah. we want to do it? Why not give it a roll, right? Yeah, right. no, exactly. Exactly. And so I think part of it as well is just being more conscious of it. You know, I think you know, my, my wife breathes perfectly fine through her nose. But for me, I, as I mentioned, I was a mouth breather. I'm, I'm trying to get better now. I'm more conscious of it. But where I really struggle is when I'm on the bike, I'm straight back to mouth breathing. Is that is it just, again, it's going to take time. I need to do more breath work or... Uh, is or is it natural to breathe through the mouth when you're exercising? What's the situation there? That's that's just reinforced muscle memory. You go back to breathing through the mouth because that's what you've done for so long. That's yeah. that's what your brain says is normal. Now, yeah. for everybody out there who who's going to try to make the shift, I want you to realize that it is completely normal when you're starting to try and change how you're breathing 
for your brain to send you signals of uncomfortability. If this is not something you're doing very much, your mind is going to tell you, I don't like this. Yes. Stop. And it's doing yeah. that because it doesn't know what's going to happen at the end. It hasn't made that decision enough times to know how this will work out. But it knows yeah. if you mouth breathe, I can do this whole workout. And, yeah. and for, for, for cyclists, for, for runners, for endurance runners especially, you can't suddenly change how you're breathing during your workout and have that same workout. So try breathing through your nose a little bit through your workout, say 10% yeah. and, and then go back to mouth breathing. The next couple of days, try and make it to 15% and then 20 and then 30. And it's a step-by-step process for runners. They'll be like, hey, I tried running and it didn't work. Well, can you walk with your nose, with, with nose breathing yet? And if you can't walk, how do you expect to run? For cyclists, I, I, I couldn't make it up that hill. Could you make the straightaway? And it's it's about easing into it, step by step process. Because people didn't become elite athletes overnight. They they didn't become the, these excellent performance athletes in one day. So you can't expect your breathing to mirror that type of performance without putting in the time and effort to exercise your nose like you've exercised your whole body. Yeah, so that's that's why I like to give people the six month time frame. It takes about six months to make it a conscious or to make it unconscious. It, it, it takes 72 days to form a new habit. Okay. So it's it's going to take at least two months before you have to stop thinking about it. And for those people who'd like a little easy exercise, five times a day, take your tongue, put it behind your uh, top teeth, yeah. and push your tongue to the roof of your mouth. You'll feel it pull your tongue out of your throat, which opens up your airway, and take five nice deep breaths. In for four, out for six, make sure you're you're activating that diaphragm because that's huge, uh, getting that diaphragmatic breath. And take do that exercise five times a day. So it's five breaths, five times a day, tongue to the top of the mouth, tip of the tongue to the to the back of the teeth, and just become aware of how that makes you feel. And and try that out. There's there's never a time where that won't be beneficial and helpful. I mean, if you're in the middle of high performance, that's not the time to practice this exercise. But throughout your day, just bring awareness to your breath and see the effect that has on you. The yeah. mouth the mouth does absolutely nothing to condition the air when it goes inside the body. It does nothing for you. It just shoots the air straight into your lungs. You but have this- Through the nose, it, it does? Oh, absolutely. You've got this, yeah. this, your nasal cavity behind your mouth is about the size of a small fist. And when, when you're breathing in through the nose, you're filtering the air, you're conditioning the air, your body's either cooling it off or warming it up for your lungs. It's being scanned by your immune system. So each breath you take through your nose, your body is aware of what you're bringing into it. And there's a gas only produced in your nasal cavity called nitric oxide. Now, nitric oxide is an antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal, and a vasodilator, which means it's opening your veins and arteries. By, by breathing in through your nose, you have all of those effects coming into play. And when you breathe in through your mouth, you don't. And that counts for the exhale. The exhale, as you exhale through your nose, your body reclaims a lot of the moisture from the breath so you can stay hydrated longer. And that's, that's yeah, this is something I didn't realize. I didn't. You know, I was always semi-conscious that we should be breathing through our nose, noses, nose, noses. But I, I, 
I always thought it was in through the nose, out through the mouth, but it's actually out through the nose as well, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Was, yeah. Totally new to me. Now, it's, it's, think of it this way. In through the nose, out through the nose should cover about 85% of all athletic activity. In nose, out mouth, that helps you get rid of a little more carbon dioxide as you exhale. So if you're, if you're getting that like, oh, I need to breathe, I need to breathe, it's okay to blow off a little extra carbon dioxide to reduce that feeling. Almost like an overflow. Yes. And if that's about 85 to 95 percent, 95 to 100 percent of athletic output, that that's that's you can use the mouth for that. But it's being conscious of that is do you need to be in that 95 percent athletic output all the time? Why are you redlining? And especially if you're breathing unconsciously and your mouth breathing throughout the day, your body thinks you should be that active. It's like you're telling yourself you're being chased by the world's slowest, angriest bear. You're just stressing your body out for no reason. And wow. by, by switching to nasal breathing and extending your exhale, uh, you're actually telling your body to relax a little bit. So what yeah. would you rather be telling yourself all day? Stress out or calm down? Which one's going to be more beneficial to you in the long run? Yeah. And and, and for cycling to, to incorporate nose breathing, it, it's less about reacting to uh, what you're confronted with and anticipating it. If I'm breathing through my nose and, and I'm riding and I see a hill coming up, I'm going to start breathing a little faster to give myself the energy I need to hit that hill and conquer it. I don't want to be gassed out halfway up and suddenly <gasps> need to do that to make it to the top. I want to make it as easy on myself as I can, despite how challenging the ride is. Yeah. So I'll pick up that pace with my nose, and then I'll make it to the top a little bit easier. And the same applies to running. The same applies to any endurance sport. Make it as easy as you can on yourself. Don't make it harder. One of my favorite quotes is breathing through your mouth is like driving with a parking brake on. You can do it, but I wouldn't recommend it. The engine. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. So there's definitely performance gains there. And and I as I said, I've read in a number of areas that I think some some elite athletes are really trying to look to exploit these gains or or get the best out of themselves. And that's certainly I've read that's been happening in cycling. I'd be fascinated to know, given given uh, all the research coming out just in terms of the benefits, whether some of the world's greatest athletes, they are just naturally better breathers in terms of they've always been very nasal in their breathing. I wonder if there's that sort of direct correlation in terms of performance from that perspective. I am not going to lie. I watch a lot of people breathe <laughs> and I'm yeah, watching, hazard, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm watching some of these, some, some elite athletes do breathe through the nose. Yeah. Some don't, they, they are exclusive mouth breathers and they can accomplish amazing feats because of their mindset. Because of their willpower, that that even though they do breathe through their mouth, they are crushing it. Imagine yeah. what they could do. Exactly. Extra 1%, right? At least. E exactly. And by, by practicing the Wim Hof method, by practicing oxygen advantage and buteco, I, I mean, with the Wim Hof method, you can increase your hematocrit naturally. The amount of red blood cells carrying hemoglobin, you can increase that by practicing the Wim Hof method. For cyclists, yeah. especially, your hematocrit is something that everyone's trying to get to that 49th percentile. And most human people are around, you know, 41, 42. 
And just by practicing this conscious breath work, I've increased mine without taking any ancillary pills. So it's, yeah, no, no EPO needed. Mm-mm. And <laughs> so t- tell us through, let, talk us about when, how did he come about his method? Um, for people that don't know him, we'll put all the details in the show notes. Uh, how would you describe him, Chuck? He's uh, quite a character, right? Wim? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love Wim. I would yeah. describe Wim as the most energetic human I've ever met in my entire life. He's yeah, he's yeah, got yeah. A, he's got a passion and a thirst for life that I have I have rarely seen uh, in, in today's society. And unfortunately, it started when his wife committed suicide. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. He he had four young children, and his his wife his wife committed suicide, and he didn't quite know what to do. He found the cold. And by by going to the cold, he was able to silence all of that stuff and just be in the moment. And he found that if he did, you know, nice, calm breathing in the cold, it was even better. Yeah. And he, I mean, Wim learned Sanskrit so that he could better understand the yogic texts and read them in their entirety and understand their moves as they were written. So he really, he really went all for it. He just, he went all around the world and learned as much as he could. And then he found that if he did this style of breathing, that's in the Wim Hof method, 30 to 40 circular breaths using your diaphragm, you exhale and hold for as long as you can. You take that recovery breath in and you hold for 10 to 15 seconds and you repeat that three to five times. Going into the ice was easier. He, oh, he, so that's why he started researching so he could get better into the with the ice, and that's how because he's become a real student of it, hasn't he? He's done a lot of research, historical research, and what I quite like about what he's done, you know, there are a lot of people on the internet or online who have these sort of crazy claims about doing stuff, but Wim's done some amazing stuff, but he's also then given himself to science to say, look, try, test me out here, yeah, and that's what I find amazing. Like it's it's legitimate and it's um, been well researched, and and he's. He's done some amazing stuff. What's what's great about that is people will say, "Well, you've done all these amazing things," and he says, "Well, anyone can do it." Yeah, what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah. Anyone can do, and they're like, "That's that's not right. It must be something genetic." I mean, because brown fat or brown adipose tissue. Now we're not quite certain if the cold makes what you have more active, or it makes it, it makes your body generate more brown adipose tissue. But when they said, "Wim, you're you're a genetic anomaly. There's got to be something about it." Well, he has a twin. And they're like, well, if it's a genetic anomaly, let's see if my twin, who has my same genetics, has it. And as it turns out, because of Wim's constant exposure to the cold, he had more brown fat than his twin. And they're like, well, okay. So they did the the radbound endo, radbound endotoxin study, where Wim showed he could influence his autonomic nervous system, which you're not supposed yeah. to be able to do. And yeah, they said, well. Yeah. Again, it's just you. And he's like, nope, anyone can do it. And he took people to Poland trained them and they showed they could do it too when they used his breathing exercise they they had very low symptomatic response to the endotoxin that was injected the people in the control group had a bad day and this is this is what wim was saying and he's like look anyone can do it you just have to take the time and you have to practice now we we've got so many anecdotal stories of people who have rheumatoid arthritis who are suddenly asymptomatic. I'm a type one diabetic. I have much much less negative symptoms than most diabetics. But if we were to stop doing this breath work and stop taking the ice bath, it all comes back because it's taking the time every day 
to invest in yourself. Like any training, it's consistency, right? It's consistency. So I, I don't want people to think that, you know, oh, if I try this once or twice, I'm all better now. That's not the case. It's, yeah. it's something I've had to incorporate into my daily routine. Yeah. And even when I'm traveling, I'll, I'll take cold showers. I'll do everything I can to keep my routine consistent, yeah. to, to reinforce that habit. And it's, it's just incredible what Wim figured out and what Wim learned. And now that he's teaching everybody. Yeah. And if people are interested, please go to wimhoffmethod.com. It's all there. He's got yeah. so many free resources for people. There's so much out there. His his mantra, and this is why I became an instructor, his mantra is health, strength, and happiness for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. When you think that breathing is kind of the fundamental uh, fundamental key to life, that how little research or uh, has had been done and how he kind of sort of accidentally came across it and then went on a I suppose, down, down the rabbit hole in terms of researching and developing it. And now he's working with scientists all around the world. Talk me about through Patrick McKeon as well. And the, was it Oxygen Addict? Is that right? Oxygen Advantage. Oxygen Advantage. What are, what are the different types of, because you do both, right? Talk us through yes. how they differentiate. What are the different kind of methodologies or different sort of philosophies of, of both? So you'll, you'll hear people say that those, they don't dance well. They're not good bedfellows. And yeah. that's, that's not correct. That's not correct. A lot of that stems from people who are either instructors or they found this thing that worked great for them and now they're defending it. And, and I mean, thank you so much for defending it, but, but realize the way I like to, to compare it is the Wim Hof method is the gym for your breath. Yeah. You, you take your breath to the gym 20 to 25 minutes a day. It's like lifting. You, you do certain exercises in a gym that if you were to do all day would destroy you. But if you do for that certain amount of time, you grow stronger. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And where Oxygen Advantage and Buteko come in, uh, Dr. Buteko was a Russian doctor. He didn't really go into the sports or high output field. So Buteko is, is slow low and deep. You're breathing biomechanically correct. A deep diaphragmatic breath in and out through your nose every time. It helps keep your O2 and uh, CO2 in balance and you're breathing at the right cadence in four, out six with a natural one second pause at the end of your exhale. And there are exercises that Buteco has to help increase your CO2 tolerance. Uh, There are exercises the Oxygen Advantage has which is for elite athletes and, and that performance side of nasal breathing. And Patrick's been doing this for 20 years, trying to get people to listen. And he, he's absolutely incredible. And, and by practicing the Wim Hof method, 20 to 25 minutes a day, and then breathing in the Buteco style for the rest of the day, you're just reinforcing those good habits. Now, they both have exercises that you can do. And I would recommend looking into them and finding out, you know, oh, th- this is a pretty easy exercise. One of the easiest exercises you can practice to build your CO2 tolerance when you're just switching to nasal breathing as you're walking is to just exhale through your nose comfortably, take five or six, six steps without taking a breath. And if you can breathe in nice and slow through your nose, you didn't go too far. Try 10 steps and then 15 and then 20. And you want to get to that point where you're not gasping, but yeah. you're just... Hmm. able to keep that nice nasal breath, that soft nasal breath. If you have to go <gasps> and take that gasp, you've pushed too far. Yeah. If, if you're riding a bike, 
Tie the pedal strokes into your breath. Four in, six out. Hold your breath for 10 pedal strokes and see how that makes you feel. And if you get that tightness in your chest, maybe try eight pedal strokes the next time. Yeah, because we breathe too quick, right? Even during athletic endeavors, we breathe too quick. That's part of, part of the problem. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. People think fast breaths are efficient, and it, it couldn't be more incorrect. Because if you're taking a fast breath up into your chest, carbon dioxide actually dilates or contracts your body with how much you have in it, or contracts your veins within your body. Sorry, it does not contract your body. You do not grow smaller or bigger with how much CO2 is inside you. But when you're breathing quickly, you're getting rid of more carbon dioxide than you should. This constricts your veins and arteries, which causes your heart rate and blood pressure to jump up. That's not helpful while you're performing. That's not helpful at all. No. So by slowing down the breath and breathing through the nose, introducing nitric oxide to the bloodstream, which is a vasodilator, your veins and arteries are opening up. Your heart rate is lower. Your blood pressure is lower, even if you're performing. So why not give yourself the most advantages you can? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and every time we take a breath, there's 150 milliliters of dead space between our throat and our lungs. You're taking a fast breath. Say you're getting 350 milliliters of air in. 10 fast breaths in like five or six seconds is two liters of air and 1.5 liters of wasted air. But carbon dioxide is what tells your body to absorb oxygen. And if you don't have the, the, the right amount in your system, you're not being as efficient as you can. So taking that low, slow, and deep breath, we'll, we'll use 10 low, slow, deep breaths. Now you're taking a breath at 750 milliliters. That's still 1.5 liters of wasted air. But now that's six liters of oxygen you've just taken in. That's, that's huge. And it's not as fast. It is slower. But I'm using it more efficiently. I'm using it more effectively. And it's, it's much easier for my body to stay calm during high stress experiences by breathing in this manner. Now, I'm not saying breathe in four, out six when you're really going for it. You can change it. Four, four, uh, four, two. You can take faster breaths with the nose. But take faster breaths with the nose. Get used to it. Yeah. But yeah. again, that takes time and practice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and just, I just had a bit of a thought then when you were saying that. I, I've been very fortunate to have some world-class elite athletes on the podcast. And actually, bizarrely, when I'm editing the podcast, it's those, it's those um, guests that have the longest breaths that I'm having to edit out big, big breaths. And I wonder if that's just coincidence or they've got big engines or the fact that they're just naturally better breathers, but it'd be interesting to do a study on that. I would. Yeah. I'd love to love to do that. I mean, I'm not saying you can't have a high lung capacity breathing through your mouth. Absolutely. You can exercise your lungs. That's, that's true. You can have a bigger volume. You can have uh, more, more performance, but you can perform better through the nose. Yeah. Yeah. Over time, not the first day, but it, it it happens. And what's what's crazy about it is adrenaline is a performance enhancing drug. That's that's what adrenaline does for us. It just makes us faster for that little bit of time we have it in our system. Breathing through your nose, nice and slow, isn't going to drop a lot of adrenaline in your system. But should you need to perform, you can switch to mouth breathing consciously, induce that adrenaline into your system. And then switch yeah. back to nasal breathing and use use it consciously. 
You'll, you'll see yeah. it a lot in MMA fighters. They come out of the locker room and they, they're nervous before the match. Of course, they're going to be nervous. They're, they're in front of a crowd. They're about to fight someone. And they've been unconsciously breathing through their mouth. That's a stressor. Their body thinks they're running from something. So it gives them a little adrenaline to help them out. You don't want that adrenaline drop before you need it. You want to use it when you want it. Yeah. So by, by breathing in and out through the nose, you can keep yourself a lot calmer. And then you can use that when you need it. So I'm not saying we're going to get rid of mouth breathing entirely. There's definitely a time and a place for it. But it's, it's in that 95th to 100 percentile which isn't all the time. It's just becoming more conscious of these things as well, right? I think from, as I said, from, from someone with such a, a, low, a low base as myself, it's just becoming more conscious of the mouth breathing or the nose breathing. And, and just, as you said, you know, looking at some of these resources, and we'll try and put a whole load into the show notes as well, but Wim Hof and uh, James Ness's book, Breathe, is, um, well, so far, it's, it's pretty good. He's done some great work in terms of spreading the word, hasn't he? Oh man, Breath is one of my favorite books. Yeah. And it's not just because I'm in it. <laughs> it's it's uh, <clears throat> an amazing, amazing just knowledge and research put in there. Yeah. If people if people wanted to know the difference between mouth and nose breathing, read his description of it. Yeah, he did that. He blocked he? his nose. Yeah, him and his friend blocked his nose just to see how that's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all their vitals went went the wrong way, didn't they? All their all the vital medical markers went the wrong way during that time, didn't they? They did, and that's that's if you want evidence, look at look at what James Nestor did, and if you want evidence for yourself, try that exercise. Put your tongue to the tip of your teeth. Five. We before we before we kick on, I have to mention because you you do um, well in in a pre COVID world and hopefully post COVID world, you do a lot of uh, group sessions, one on one sessions, corporate sessions. But you're doing a lot of stuff over Zoom at the moment, and I did one of your two free classes that you do yesterday, which was I think it's 11 a.m. Pacific time, isn't it, on a Sunday? And I wanted to do it before before we had our chat today, and I have to say it was it was quite some experience for me. It was uh, I found it quite hard in some regards. I found on the breath holds, I took like little mini inhales and I, I suppose I cheated a little bit. I, don't, I know that was part of my head saying I can't hold my breath that long. Is that normal? Yeah, it, it's not something you're used to trying. So then again, yeah. it, your brain is sending you those signals of, you know, this is uncomfortable. Any yeah. decision you're making for the first few times, whether that decision is, is beneficial or not, your brain is going to send you signals that it's uncomfortable. And especially, How long were those breath holds for? I, I, it felt like forever. How long were those holds for that we were doing? I always increase it. So the first, if we're doing four rounds, the first breath yeah. holds one minute, the second breath holds a minute 20, the third's a minute 40, and the fourth's two minutes. Wow. Okay. okay. And everyone's capable of doing that, but maybe not today. And it's, it's no. okay. You're not going to want to compare yourself to other people because this is your own journey, your own physiology. I mean, if we want to really feel bad about how long we can hold our breath, let's compare ourselves to free divers who can just hold their breath for four or five minutes. Yeah. Or David Blaine. Or David Blaine. Right. And like, it's, there's always someone who's going to be better. Yeah. And yeah. if you're comparing yourself to the, to the best of the best, when you're just starting out, you're discounting the fact that they've spent all of that time, energy, and discipline to get to that state. Yeah. So so yeah. For, for doing the breathing, we want to make sure we're taking that proper diaphragmatic breath. And the easiest way to do that is to take your hands and put them on your sides and feel those bottom two ribs down there. 
Once right, your hands. Oh, by the way, while we're here. So, uh, yeah, oh, let's hands do on the it. Ribs. Yeah, hands on the ribs. Take a breath in through your nose, and you should feel those ribs expand laterally. Yeah. And as you exhale, just lengthen that exhale to be about one and a half times longer than your inhale. And we're going to do that again. In through the nose, nice and slow. Two, three, four, and out. Two, three, four, five, six. Repeat that four times. That nice, slow breath in. Expanding the diaphragm. Nice, slow breath out. We'll do two more of those. Fully in. Two, three, four, out. Two, three, four, five, six. In, two, three, four, out, two, three, four, five, six. Now, if you take five of those breaths five times a day, you're going to feel better. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. One of Wim's favorite quotes is feeling is understanding. So if you think this can't be that easy, okay, I challenge you to try it. If, if, if you think this is easy, do it. Why not go for the low-hanging fruit? The breath is the foundation of everything we do as a human. Yeah. So yeah. how do you feel? Yeah, I feel good. As I said, I've, I've, over the last three weeks, I've been looking into it more and more. And uh, I... I, 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 I <laughs> So I've been trying to do more breath work and I feel that my, my ribs are quite tight. My intercostal muscles are quite tight. I'm, I'm conscious of that now. So if I'm trying to do the diaphragmatic breathing, I can feel it particularly in, the, in my back, you know, the, the lower two ribs in my back there are, are quite tight. I suppose that will just sort of ease out as I get better at not chest breathing so much and using my diaphragm to breathe more, I suppose. Well, and, and realize it's your own pace. So it's okay yeah. to go slow in the beginning to get your body used to it. Take that nice, yeah. slow, expansive breath. And don't don't breathe into that tension. Yeah. Uh, another quote from Wim, and this is, this is going to be hard for the elite athletes. This is, and it's don't force anything. Yeah. This is, this yeah. is, we don't force ourselves in the ice. The longest you should be spending in the ice is two minutes. Practicing really? that two minutes, yeah, maybe okay. three if you if if you if you've practiced and you're good at it. Two minutes. Start with thirty seconds in a cold shower, yeah, and, and then and slowly build, build up. It's a safe and gradual exposure to the cold. Yeah, we're not asking people to spend ten minutes in an ice bath, fifteen minutes in an ice bath. Don't don't do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, if it's not one degree Celsius or, you know, 30, 33, 34 degrees Fahrenheit and, and you're up there, you're like at five or six degrees, you might be able to stay a little longer. Five or six degrees Celsius, you know, 40 degrees Fahrenheit, you might be able to stay a little longer. But at that cold, cold temperature, two minutes is all you need. Practicing yeah. that in four, out six breath, practicing, relaxing and accepting what's coming at you, being okay with not breathing quickly in the beginning, never breathe faster than you can breathe correctly. And if you're applying that to, to cycling, uh, running, or anything where you, where you need that elite performance, 
don't go faster than you can breathe correctly in the beginning. It's that correct form and function, isn't it? Right. Because you'll hear a lot of people say, practice makes perfect. And that's not true. Practice makes permanent. Yeah. So if you're not doing it correctly, you're just reinforcing a bad habit. So if you're feeling that tightness, it's so okay to just slow down and relax into it and find that rhythm that's comfortable for you. And now I can breathe really fast through my nose, but that took years of practice to get to the point where I'm comfortable doing that. Yeah. Some of it feels sort of non-natural, I suppose. Do you know what I mean? It feels like it's against what your instincts are trying to tell you to do, which is why it's, I suppose you've got to not fight it and just go with it. Well, it's, it's against what your instincts are telling you to do because you've trained your instincts incorrectly. Yeah. We okay. take... Uh, the, the average person who's breathing through their mouth is taking 20 to 25,000 breaths a day. Think of how much that reinforces that muscle memory. Yeah. So if and your body... It be? be half that, should it? 10,000, not 10,000, but yeah, well, probably half that, should it? Well, if you're breathing in four, out six, and you're breathing an 11 second breath, that's about five breaths a minute. We'll, we'll go six for easy math. Yeah. And... That's 360 breaths an hour or 8,640 breaths a day. Blimey. That's that's one third. Yeah, of third what, of what a lot of people are breathing. That's amazing. Yes. Now, if, that's even, amazing. If you're, even if you're at 10,000 or 12,000 breaths a day, that's still better than 20 to 25,000. That didn't used to be the average. It was lower. Yeah. But people have been breathing so um, suboptimally, rather than address the situation, they just raise the average. Do you, uh, do you think we're, because our lifestyles have become more sedentary, we've got worse? Why, are, why have we got so bad at breathing, like evolutionary-wise? We're, we're not challenging ourselves anymore. And there's, there's not enough people out there correcting correcting that first improper breath. I, I mean, James Nestor talked about it. In the 50s, there were coaches training their runners by having them hold a mouthful of water to stop them from mouth breathing. And that, that was 70 years ago we were doing that. There are still some coaches today who are employing that tactic, but it's it's just something that, that we've moved away from. And I have no not, idea why. Oh, we lost it though, right? I, f I find it just fascinating. Um, I'm looking forward to getting into his book. I've, I've just, I've just got it, so I've just, I've just started it. But uh, yeah, I, I find it amazing how we've lost that in such a short amount of time. It's, it seems incredible. Now, one of the things I felt from yesterday's class, uh, just going back onto it, and I implore anyone who's interested to uh, look at some of the resources we'll put in the show notes, but also try one of Chuck's classes. I did my first one last night and thoroughly enjoyed it. When it was an amazing experience, actually. I, I can't really articulate it, so just go and do it. I think it's probably the easiest way. But for me, after the, the breath holds, Chuck, I, it was quite a, a, an unusual sensation. I felt pretty lightheaded and kind of euphoric, but something like I've never really felt before. Is that, and it sort of had pins and needles in my, my sort of fingers and toes as well. Is, is that a normal um, experience? Absolutely. Absolutely normal. As we're doing the, the Wim Hof Method breathwork in particular, we do that circular breathing, the 30 to 40 circular breaths. Um, I, I go by time for my online class because people breathe at different paces. Uh, so in that 30, 40 circular breaths, you're, you're off-gassing a lot of carbon dioxide on purpose. This is causing your veins and arteries 
to constrict. It's putting you in that fight or flight mode. It's increasing your heart rate. And we're doing that on purpose. We're doing that consciously. Um, After those 30 or 40 breaths, you exhale and you hold. So this is putting you in the rest and not putting you, it's pushing you further into the rest and relax side or the parasympathetic side of your nervous system. This will slow your heart rate down. We're building up our CO2 saturation again, which is causing our veins and arteries to dilate. So when Wim says you're working your entire cardiovascular system, he means every single millimeter of your your veins and arteries within your body is getting a workout when you're doing this breathing. And by doing that, you're consciously changing your blood pressure. After that hold, you take that big deep breath in And because you have a a higher saturation of carbon dioxide, you're flooding your body with oxygen. There's that euphoric feeling. There's that that tingly feeling because you're changing your blood pressure. You're changing the the, the arterial and and veins, their dilation or their constriction. You're consciously working those those out, which is is why as a diabetic, I was originally drawn to this. Diabetes just ravages your cardiovascular system. So anything I can use to offset what my illness is doing, I'm going to do. And those those sensations are normal. And, and people will be like, well, I keep doing it the same way, but I'm not getting those sensations anymore. And they've suddenly stopped focusing on their breath. And now they're focusing on these sensations that they're chasing. That's, okay. that's yeah. ineffective. Focus on your breathing. If, yeah. And with anything, with any exercise, of course, you're going to plateau. You're now using your musculature correctly, so you might actually see a drop in your breath holds because now you're chasing the sensations you you want, you want, you want, and you're creating more stress in the body, which is is speeding up the CO2 production. Yeah. It, it's yeah. about breathing quicker than normal, keeping the correct biomechanical rhythm, but increasing the pace, getting rid of more CO2 than we need, building it back up, holding our breath, and repeating that three to five times. Yeah. And That's cool. it's, it's, it's amazing what, what effects you can have on your body when you're consciously doing it. But it's also just as amazing how much effect you have on your body by not paying attention. Yeah, and, no, I get and, that. And, and I was, I was totally shocked that I would feel those sensations in just my first class. And uh, I mean, the whole class was very relaxing and I enjoyed it. And it was very interesting at the same time. But, you know, I read about like holotropic breath work and sort of dismissed it as ridiculous. But having done the sort of breath work with you today, uh, yesterday, I can I can potentially imagine how that works. But for listeners that don't know what that is, talk us through uh, holotropic breath work. Holotropic breath work. Uh, if, you, if you're not familiar with holotropic breath work, please find an instructor to practice with the first time. Um, holotropic breath work can help people release trauma they have inside. There, there can be huge emotional and psychological releases. And you just want to be aware that that can happen. So this isn't necessarily a journey to undertake by yourself. Yeah. But holotropic breathing is that circular breathing that we do in the Wim Hof method, the in and out and in and out. And you're, you're doing that for 45, 50 minutes straight. Yeah. And you're basically putting yourself so deep into the fight or flight response that you're encouraging a lot of stuff to happen within your body. Uh, I, I don't want to go too far into it because I, I could talk for 
hours on what holotropic breathing can do for you. Links in, but, it's just, but, but, but what I meant by bringing it up is that like it just shows the the power of what can happen with various breath work is my point to it. Oh, absolutely. Very, very powerful absolutely. Thing. And for me, giving that class last night, you know, I, I'm don't take this the wrong way. I wasn't skeptical. Like I, I'm reading more and more. I'm more interested, which is why I was keen to have this chat. But then to feel something so quite so significant last night on a first session, it was interesting. So for me, it makes more sense of just how how powerful learning to breathe in the right way and how powerful lots of these different breath work type practices can be. Oh, you don't have to apologize for being skeptical. I love it when skeptical people come. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's amazing. Just try it. Just try it and go with an open mind and let's see what happens. Like I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm a big fan of skeptics. I, I'm, yeah. I, I was one myself. So it would be, it would be disingenuous to be like, Oh, why are you coming at this with questions? Please yeah. do yeah. question everything and, Excellent. and just give and it a shot. That's something, that's something that's worth mentioning to everyone. Obviously, if, if you want to join one of the, uh, the classes that Chuck does uh, after the, I think it's 30 minute exercise, isn't it? 25, 30 minutes. You then have a, a Q and A and you took open questions from everyone, didn't you? And you pretty much answered all of them. I was very impressed. Well, I, very I do my best to answer all of them. I, I don't, yeah. I, I can't answer all of them all the time, but I'll do my yeah. best. Yeah. Good. Good. Well, look, I, I mean, I think it's, it's, I wanted to get you on because I think from a cycling audience perspective, I, th- I think there's a huge amount for everyone to gain off the bike and also on the bike from a recovery perspective, from a performance perspective and from a lifestyle perspective, it's definitely worth investing the little bit of time in, in terms of doing that breath, just even the sort of uh, the brief exercise that Chuck mentioned on this call, but have a, have a look at what James Ness's book, breathe, have a look at Wim Hof's uh, website, um, get in touch with Chuck if you have any questions and uh, have a look into it. It's, it's a fascinating topic that more and more people are, are looking into. And uh, yeah, I think it's worth worth uh, worth spending a bit of time on. Well, thanks. <laughs> the one thing I'm going to say to people is I'm not from an athletic background. So if I can climb a mountain just using my nose to breathe in a pair of shorts in the snow, imagine you what you on. can do. Of course I have shoes on, boots, yeah, boots, uh, gloves and a hat if you want. And we always have a backpack with all our clothes in it. We never travel without safety, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Um, but if I can do that, if I can push myself to those feats, imagine what you can do. Yeah. Imagine yeah. what the, the, these amazing athletes out there, imagine how much you can do by applying this. If someone like me who isn't athletic can push myself to athletic feats and, and accomplishments, just imagine what this can do for you. Wow, and in a, fact, pretty... don't imagine it. Do it. <laughs> do it. It's a pretty good endorsement to get out there and do it. And where is that on? You do this sort of mountain climb on your retreats. Is that part of what, what you do? Where, where exactly geographically do you do it? Uh, depending on the retreat, um, the the Poland experience through through the Wim Hof method is absolutely incredible. We hike we hike a mountain every every week long retreat in Poland that um, either the Wim Hof method or any of the instructors are doing usually include a mountain hike without a lot of clothes. And it, I have retreats that take place in Lake Tahoe, and we we hike the mountains and we we hike around Lake Tahoe. If the mountains aren't safe, we'll do a snowshoe hike for a few hours without clothes on just to show you how capable you are to handle these extremes while working, while um, being active. And yeah, that's cool. 
So a lot of instructors will have a different thing to show you how capable you are depending on their geographic location. But the Poland experience through the Wim Hof method is really that penultimate experience of, you know, how how far you can push yourself, what you can do, and how capable we all really are. And th- I mean, there's there's amazing spots all over the world. And my I'm lucky enough to be in California and have access to like basically every ecosystem you can think of here. So if I want to go on a snow hike, I'll go on a snow hike and I'll just go up to Lake Tahoe. If I want to sit in in an Alpine Lake, I'll go do that. And it's, it's basically just there's, there's instructors all over the world. I guarantee you there's a Wim Hof method instructor near you now. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Come up. Is there a directory on the way on his website? There is. Uh, go to yeah. the wimhoffmethod.com, click on yeah. Academy, and then Instructors, and yeah. you'll find an instructor near you. And because of Zoom, that's what's great is is my my audience is worldwide now. I'm doing yeah. breath work, doing that's why I have the Sunday 11 a.m. Pacific and Monday 9 p.m. Pacific classes to try and just give as many time zones the option to attend. Yeah, well, and now you're you're an international superstar, having uh, been mentioned on uh, <laughs> well, in James Netter's book, but also on on the Joe Rogan on the Joe Rogan podcast. How has your world changed since uh, since that happened? Have you been inundated with emails and calls and requests? Uh, well, I went from getting three or four emails and requests a week to getting about a thousand emails a week. A lot of them are just spam and, and not worth going through. But yeah, it's. It's been quite a wild ride since that happened. Um, my, my, my Monday breathwork sessions used to have 20 to 30 people, and now they have 150 to 200. So I'd say there's nice. been quite a shift. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, uh, because of that, I, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to, to speak with us all. If you're interested in getting in touch with Chuck for a uh, retreat or a one-on-one on Zoom or when things open up, maybe combining a uh, retreat with a cycling trip to Lake Tahoe or somewhere in California, do get in touch. We'll put his contact details in the show notes and, and everything else we've discussed will get in there as well. And uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll you'll gladly um, respond if, absolutely if, as you work for all the emails but uh yeah give him a bit of time to get to it but uh i'm sure chuck will gladly respond but chuck thank you so much for taking the time hugely appreciate it it's been fascinating and really interesting to catch up well absolutely thank you for having me sir this has been absolute pleasure have i missed anything probably we could talk for hours i'm sure but is there anything specific that i've missed i i don't know what we were i don't think we missed anything i think we hit everything but it I, I, just to reiterate, even if you have like a, a reservation about this, feeling is understanding. Give it a shot. The only investment that pays off 100% of the time is the time you take to invest in yourself. Be kind with your work, be kind with your words, and give it a go. And, and it's okay if this isn't for you, find the thing that is. If, if Wim Hof Method isn't your bag, try Buteco and Oxygen Advantage. If you have some trauma in your past to work through, find a holotropic breathing instructor and see what they can do for you and keep looking, keep searching. It doesn't have to be one thing. Find the piece of the pie that works best and tastes best for you is what I'd like to say. And just find it, look for it, find the people who can help you learn this stuff. That's awesome, Chuck. Thank you so much. Really appreciate your time. And well, I'll see you on Sunday for your uh, next class. 
fantastic. See you then, sir. Cheers, man. Take it easy. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. And more importantly, don't forget to download the Unfound app and join cyclists from around the world on the hub. We'll see you on there.